Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. Welcome, friends, family, regular, weekly, and occasional listeners to podcast number 30 of God Beyond the Bible, a podcast made by seekers and for seekers. What shout outs do we have this week? Well, I want to give some shout outs to Tawana, Tammy, and Leanne, who are currently, and Kirk, who are currently our top listeners to our podcast. All so right. we don't Thanks, give a guys. shout out to them as often as we probably should. And I'll just say, hey, Kyle, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, last week with episode 29, we recorded the first in a series of episodes on the topic of conspiracies and conspiracy theories. Uh, we dedicated that episode to what is believed to be the conspiracy that is so prevalent in today's thinking that many don't classify it as a theory any longer, but just an accepted fact. And that topic, as you know, was the idea that there are a group of, or possibly several groups of wealthy, powerful, and influential people who wish to dominate the world and create a new world order with a global economy, global currency, and a central seat of government that presides over the entire planet. All right, and today we're going to, today's going to be a three-segment episode with each segment dedicated to what our research has found to be the next three most commonly believed and argued conspiracy theories in America today. They are, in order of segment, the JFK assassination, the Roswell, New, Me- New Mexico crash, and the secrecy behind Area 51, and the moon landing. And I'm sorry, I did a deal there. I made a misnomer there because it's really not. We left off the Area 51, and I did some other research, and it's actually the JFK assassination, the moon landing, and our privacy being breached mm-hmm. as Americans. I'm sorry oh, about that. Okay. I made a mess up on the I deal. was kind that of was worried because I didn't look anything up area on 51, Roswell yeah. area I'm sorry, because we kind of covered that on in a former right, deal, yeah. on the Roswell deal. So that was really the ones, and it was between it and our privacy thing, mm-hmm. and so I went with the privacy thing. But So anyway, here they come. Well, let's dive into segment one with the assassination of JFK. The story. Let's get the story. Let's mm-hmm. get the history. Okay. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th president of the U.S., was assassinated while traveling through Dallas, Texas, in an open-top convertible. First Lady Jacqueline Onassis Kennedy rarely accompanied her husband on political outings, but she was beside him along with Texas Governor John Connolly and his wife for a 10-mile motorcade through the streets of downtown Dallas on November 22, 1963. Sitting in a Lincoln convertible, the Kennedys and the Connollys waved at the large and enthusiastic crowds gathered along the parade route. 
as their vehicle passed the Texas School Book Depository Building at 12.30 p.m., Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly fired three shots from the sixth floor, fatally wounding President Kennedy and seriously injuring Governor, uh, Governor Connolly. Kennedy was pronounced dead 30 minutes later at Dallas Parkland Hospital. He was 46 years old. Vice President Lyndon Johnson, who was three cars behind President Kennedy in the motorcade, was sworn in as the 36th President of the United States at 2.39 p.m. aboard Air Force One as it sat on the runway of Dallas Love Field Airport. Less than one hour later, Oswald allegedly shot and killed a policeman who questioned him on the street near his rooming house in Dallas. Thirty minutes later, Oswald was arrested in a movie theater by police responding to reports of a suspect. He was formally arraigned on November 23rd for the murders of President Kennedy and Officer J.D. Tippett. On November 24th, Oswald was brought to the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters on his way to a more secure county jail. A crowd of police and press with live television cameras rolling gathered to witness his departure. As Oswald as Oswald came into the room, Jack Ruby emerged from the crowd and fatally wounded him with a single shot from a concealed 38 revolver. Ruby, who was immediately detained, claimed that the rage over Kennedy's assassination was his motivation for the killing. He was charged with first-degree murder. Ruby, a local Dallas strip joint and dance hall owner with alleged ties to organized crime, was found guilty of murder with malice and sentenced to die. In October of 1966, the Texas Court of Appeals reversed the decision on the grounds um, that Ruby could not have received a fair trial in Dallas at that time, at the time that he was tried. In January of 1967, while awaiting a new trial to be held in Wichita Falls, Ruby died of lung cancer in a Dallas hospital. This is a brief synopsis of the basic facts and alleged charges in the JFK assassination. The rumors and suspicions began almost immediately. Well, such as, first of all, the laxity and security for such an event. While many will argue that, uh, that at that time in America there was no perceived need for measures of security that we implement today for high government dignitaries. Which really blows my mind because we had already had three presidents that were assassinated sure. at this time. And Theodore Roosevelt was almost the fourth. Yeah, and so, and, and, and I read another deal, I'm not going to say, but supposedly, and we'll talk about that, in the, uh, about Oswald, but supposedly Oswald had already been accused of attempting to assassinate an army general. Oh, wow. Anyway, but, so that's the first thing of all, the laxity and security that there was just, and everybody said, well, President Kennedy just demanded that he was going to be there, and then that was the defense against this, but I'm thinking, do you think that would happen today, and, and you know, you no. just... Well, and did you know that the convertible that he was in actually was custom made and it could have had a bubble top on it that protected, uh -huh. they would put it up if um, Miss Jackie Onassis's hair was going to be messed up or if there was inclement weather, for, so whatever but for they this chose day, for this day not to use that clear bullet, bubble top bullet that would, yeah. like the Pope Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so another question is, how did the police zero in on a suspect so quickly amongst all the chaos? And how did Oswald become that target suspect with no eyewitnesses identifying him as the shooter? Now, that's a big, I mean, think about it. I can't imagine in that much chaos where the president's just been shot in front of 
all of these people looking on how you could find anybody. I mean, I in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. in 1963 in Dallas, Texas. I mean, I'm not saying I believe any of this. I'm just saying these are legitimate questions, are. right? These are. are all legitimate concerns people have. How did we just suddenly zero in on this one guy? He's the guy, and we, we find him in a, well, we'll talk about later, in a movie theater, but we talked about that. He was mm-hmm. later found in a movie theater and then charged that day. Yeah. He's the guy. So then why was such a high-profile suspect casually paraded out amongst a crowd of spectators and obviously pre-informed media concerning Oswald's intended transfer to a, quote, more secure holding facility or the Dallas County Jail. That, that, we're here in a little podunk Arkansas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our law enforcement's got more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, and I'm not putting down, I love our sheriff. I yes, love our, all of our yes. people that serve here, but we wouldn't do that. No, no. We wouldn't There's no release. Chance. We wouldn't take this chance with a, such a high profile suspect. And you tell the media, y'all be here with your cameras rolling. We're fixing to. Mm-hmm. Now that, you know. That, I mean, that, was that, this an, the bl- only thing that I can process that would make this illegitimate was just an absolute egotistical overstep of we want everyone to see us. We caught him. We've got the guy that killed the president. And we that want everybody be, to see that, that we did it. My next question that I'm going to ask, again, considering the event that just occurred one day earlier with such a breach of security, how did the Dallas PD justify another such breach, breach of security with no security screening on the onlookers of the police department basement, which was designed to be a secure place to load, unload, and transport prisoners? How did all these folks just walk in there? They I had to have just not thought this through at all. I mean, if it's legitimately... If it's legitimate, if right, there's no... There was no thinking on the part of anything you know today what would happen today you would you would be very fortunate and you would be your background would be checked to the limit yeah even because this is a whole high profile Mm -hmm. guy here that we need to get to the bottom of this right and we need to we need to research this okay another question why was local law enforcement the lead agency concerning such a high profile federal suspect Today, the state and federal agencies would have immediately taken the lead in apprehension, detainment, questioning, and security, and transport of such a suspect. As far as the reports we can read today, the Secret Service, FBI, or CIA was not even represented at this stage. Now, isn't that weird? You well, know, you had talked about you had talked about in our banter before we started this that one of the. S- Secret Service guys, you know, that ran up and jumped on the famous, mm-hmm. jumped on the yeah. back of the back of the car. Where were these people? You know, I really didn't think about that until I read this question. I, that is a legitimate. You think that would happen today? You think here in Van Buren County that we just let local? The president's been shot in Van Buren County, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and we're going to let the local law enforcement. I've got a good friend that's a police chief over here in Van Buren County, right, sure. over here in the city. Mm-hmm. And so it happened in our county seat, the city of Clinton, and and so the fed feds are going to let local guys. No. 
Well, the thing is, I know our local guys well enough to know they're on the phone going, y'all need to get somebody down well, here. Well, they're, they're smart. Protocols. Our yeah. local There's guys certain here. protocol in place, and, and I don't know back then if there was, but you would assume that maybe there would have had well, to have Well, obviously, been. at least the Secret Service was in town. Yeah, well, well yeah. Now, I'm thinking I they mean, were. The payroll, they were drawing the pay- Where were they? My question would be, were there any Secret Service people right there at that moment? I don't know. I mean, he's being, Oswald, we're going to assume, is being interrogated all night mm-hmm. for a, a whole day. He's being interrogated because he's arrested an hour and a half after the assassination and charged. Right. And he's being interrogated this whole time. So it's just local, local police or well, they're fronting the whole. And am I the only one who found it interesting on top of everything else that Oswald was not someone who was unknown to the FBI or the CIA. According to what we get now. I mean, right. oh, he was involved in all kinds of communist. Remember, communist mm-hmm. was the big mm-hmm. keyword then. He's a communist. He was trying oh, to yeah. be a communist. He was going to. He was going down to uh, 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 Castro, trying to get into Cuba, trying to win citizenship into Cuba and all that. Who's next? Tracy. Well, what about the gruesome eight millimeter silent home movie camera that captured the event? As hard to watch as it is. The film clearly shows the beloved president's head thrusting backwards in a mist of tissue and blood spatter emitting from the back of his head, which indicates to anyone with the least amount of understanding of physics that the bullet at that point came from a direction toward the front of the Kennedy car at an almost level angle and not from the rear at a steep downward angle. This coupled with eyewitnesses from the very beginning reporting hearing gunshots and seeing a puff of smoke from the direction opposite of the book depository gave birth to the grassy knoll theory. And and it is. I've watched that. I've watched it frame by frame. And, guys, you don't... Trayson made a statement as we were talking about this earlier in our discussion before we started the program. Trayson said, you know if you break a window... From the outside breaking mm-hmm. in, where do you expect the glass to be? Inside the house. Yeah. It'll be inside because that's the direction of the force. Physics, the least amount of physics, understand. But I've sit and watched people argue that, no, that's common. You shoot somebody from behind and their head will go the direction of the bullet. What a – that's – that's ignoramus 101. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the interview that I watched with um, Mrs. Onassis, Miss Kennedy's – Secret Service agent, he even said when you see her climb onto the back of the, when you see after her husband shot and she climbs up onto the back of the trunk, uh-huh. she's the climbing up there and grabbing the mass and the tissue that came out of the back of, of his the head. back of his head. So I mean, you know, it's on the trunk of the car. Yeah, and he's facing forward. Mm-hmm. Well, about a year later, in an official report released known as the Warren Commission. It was concluded that both Oswald and Ruby acted alone and were not part of or nor associated with any group of groups that would implicate them in a larger assassination conspiracy. However, with so many questions and contradicting evidence, another little-known report on the event was released in 1978. It was known as the House Select Committee on Assassinations. And they concluded in a preliminary report that Kennedy was, and I quote, probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. Did anybody ever see that in the news? I mean, do you ever hear no, that reported? No, I don't hear anything of it. 
And I have to say here too, I learned about the Kennedy assassination and the conspiracy I was surrounding two, I it. I was two years old. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was before my time. Yeah. Well, I learned about it because we had. If you can imagine having a whole wall of books in your house growing up, that's what and me I was and a Kathy grew up with. I was a book yeah. person, yeah. And Dad had a set Brought of these books kids up that on were books. called Whitewash and Whitewash Two by Harold Weisberg. And I can remember reading the books when I was about twelve. And the entire thing is it a report on the Warren Report. All right. So I did in this because I instantly my mind goes back to a lot of the things that I read in Whitewash. And I was looking back. Did you know that? Harold Weisberg, who actually wrote the books Whitewash and Whitewash 2, was a World War II veteran, a U.S. Senate staff member, an investigator for the U.S. Senate Committee on Civil Liberties, <laughs> and a State Department intelligence analyst, and he absolutely did not buy this story from the beginning. And, and he, he spent the remaining 40 years of his life trying to get the American people mm -hmm. to see that this was a bad, bad thing going on. I mean, guys and listeners, you'll have to form your own sure. thought. I know it's easier just to believe that everything is just the way mm -hmm. we're told it is, and that's the way we are sometimes about the Bible, you know, about everything we do. It's just easier to go with the flow mm -hmm. and believe that everything's exactly the way we're told it is because it complicates life when we start it thinking does. that we may there, we may, there may be people out there who might deceive us for the wrong reasons. Are we finished with that segment? I believe we are. That concludes segment one. And welcome back, Seekers, to segment two of episode 30 of God Beyond the Bible. We are going to discuss, well, this topic is probably about as appropriate as you could get, at least in timing, because this year marks the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. Well, let's get the story. On July the 20th. Now, I've heard different dates. I may not even have this date right, because I heard somebody say it was July 16th. Now I'm confused. Well, I did not verify the date. Okay, so. I'm sorry, but if I've got it wrong, hey, I'm human. In July of 1969, there we go. American astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin became the first humans ever to land on the moon. Now, I understand there was another astronaut, and he stayed in the one that wrote that. Yes. I mm -hmm. forgot his name because I saw him on the news today. Anyway, About six and a half hours later, Armstrong became the first person to walk on the moon. As he took his first step, Armstrong famously said, That's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. The Apollo 11 mission occurred eight years after President John F. Kennedy announced a national goal of landing a man on the moon by the end of the 1960s. So with what seems to be such a straightforward event, televised nationally and watched by millions around the world, why is there so much controversy over it? Namely, did it really happen or was it fake? <laughs> and I have to ask this question first. I know you were really young when all of this happened, but yeah. do you remember any of it? Oh, sure. I mean, they lined us up in the classroom, and we had Channel 2 then, which uh -huh. was K-E-T-S, I think, out of Little Rock. Fuzzy, rabbit ears <laughs> on an old, big old television set, rabbit ears, and put us all, we were in a 
one building, all six grades were in one building, and oh, they wow. brought us all into one room and turned that on, and we watched the moon landing. So time-wise, it happened throughout the day. It happened during the day while you were at yeah, school. Yeah, at school. Okay. I was at school <laughs> in 1969. Uh, I mean, what would I you do? You would have been eight Second grade, second or yeah, third grade? Second uh, or third. It seems like third grade, maybe. Um, so before we delve into the hundreds of pieces of alleged evidence that the 1969 Pride of American Achievement was staged and faked, one must ask the question: Is it possible to pull off such a hoax? I. This is the one thing that just really either. The people themselves that were involved had to have been duped in some way. Or, I mean, how could you have so many people that could keep a secret for that long? Well, Maybe I'm just using mouths. Let, let me give you an example. The people that were building the first atomic bomb, uh-huh. the h- atomic bomb mm-hmm. that was to be dropped. The Manhattan Project. Yeah, the Manhattan Project. Ninety. Five percent of those people had no idea what they were working on. They were doing their job, doing what they were skilled at doing, and nobody, there were only about five percent of the people of that project even knew in Area 51, mostly, mm-hmm. what they were actually doing. See that? Yeah. I would have to but believe now, that a majority of these people would have to not really know the full extent of and what as was far, going on. As far as the astronauts go, something Steve, my husband, and I discussed is, Imagine that you're being trained as an astronaut and the big mysterious day that everyone talks about comes to you, whether maybe it's even the current president himself and says, look, your country needs you. You're a military man. You've been in the military for years. You're doing this, but we need to seal the deal on this moon landing. We need to beat Russia to boost the morale of this country and keep Kennedy's name and his memory clean in the minds of the American people. And would you do it? Well, it would be hard to say no, wouldn't and it? And if you're a military man, mm-hmm. you're, go- you're going to do you know, And there could have been promises of, we're going to go to the moon, but we can't make it by the end of the decade, and so I'll, we're just going to do and this And let me say now. right here, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm no. saying I've always been a skeptic. Right. I've been a skeptic for a lot of reasons. There's just a lot of things. Long before I ever started reading the things that might bring up question, make this a questionable event, uh, I've just always been skeptical. Well, uh, my mo- my mom never believed it happened. When you watched it at that point in your life, I mean, you believed it, right? Or did you? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Or were you even paying attention? I'm going to be honest with you. It was like. Y'all are back there poking each no, other. No, it was, <laughs> was kind of like, in a way, it was like, okay, so now what? Okay, we got out of some yeah. classes. I mean, mm-hmm, I'm just going to be right. honest. At the time, I never gave it a lot of thought. Because all the teachers were such, because they were all bought into this. But this Grandma is never this, bought into it no, from she, day one. She never bought into it from okay. day one, no. That's so that's where we get it from. Uh, and this is also, I am really, I don't believe that the moon landing happened. I will put that out there. This is Tracen, just so we're clear. <laughs> and I will say, too, this is why I'm not allowed to help Tabby teach her kids about history. Yeah. So. <laughs> if the moon landing was a hoax, what would be the motivation to fake it to begin with? Well, I think Tracen. You know, when she just did her illustration there, that was a good yeah. for us to be the first, I mean, you know, to, well, to accomplish it. While there are many theories behind the motive for faking the moon landing, uh, and not of the least of these, the millions and billions of tax dollars spent mm-hmm. in research and development, the most plausible one might be the simplest. It just might be ego. 
Yeah, very true. President Kennedy's speech proposing such an endeavor was prompted by what became known as the Cold War and the arms race, which simply defined was a contest between the U.S. and Russia to be the first to develop a rocket that could breach the Earth's gravity in inner space. The motivation was not scientific as much as it was military supremacy. It was an area that was all about who could outgun who in all in all sorry, in an all out world war for world domination and supremacy. So the perceived reputation of the US was on the line before the entire world. Many believe that this alone prompted a group of people on the inside of the space program, possibly aided by some top officials of the government to stage the event before the decade closed, just as Kennedy had boasted. Let's keep in mind here that not all the folks who have screamed fake through the past five decades have been uneducated geeks and freaks, as many conspiracy theorists are classified as. Many, many have been legitimate scholars and scientists who have waved the flag of doubt on this event. Right. So a few of the conspiracy theories are... First of all, the computing power of the era was not sufficient for such an endeavor to be successful. The claim is that the, the computing power of the age was about that of a pocket calculator and that the cell phones we carry today have more than 100,000 more times the computing ability than the best computers of that era. But that's just... And I really had to laugh. I was watching, because my husband and I were History Channel buffs, we're always watching. And one of my favorite things that we were watching this one scientist who was fairly young at the time, and he was saying he can remember how much they mistrusted the computer technology of the time. Yeah. And that the scientists would run the numbers through the computer, and then they would go back and sit down and do them on paper yeah. <laughs> to check and make sure it was right. I'm not saying it's an impossible thing. I'm just saying we can't hardly do anything without the aid of our high-powered yes. computers. Right. But anyway well and what about the images aside from the famous flag waving in the wind on the moon where there's <laughs> no atmosphere and no weather many have pointed out the double shadowed images that are projected behind the astronauts and other objects that suggest more than one light source like you would find in a stage or studio lighting and guys i've looked at it well you know i was watching one yesterday and the developer of the camera that mm -hmm. was used that supposedly went to the moon yeah he he was talking about it and the camera has two fixed crosshairs excuse me okay. has two fixed crosshairs right so that every time it's on an image those crosshairs should be visible above and in front of whatever image it's you should so be able to the see lens. the whole it's on the lens it's on the lens but they're not always but they're not always they're covered up by portions and he even said he being the developer of the camera said this has been messed with this it has been touched it has been touched or in some way or something has been done well where are we is it me C. first okay it's hard to say verse part c <laughs> the absence of stars in the background you can tell what i do mo more of it the absence of stars in the background uh many have pointed out that there should be at least some stars and luminary objects to be seen in the background but claim none exist this gives credence to the claim that the moon landing was filmed on a stage with a dark backdrop have you guys looked at any of this i have mm -hmm. and this is one piece because i was watching the developer of the camera and this is one piece that I can sort of understand. He said that 
in order for these pictures to not just be horrendous blurs because these guys would not stand still, they would not, that these cameras were designed with an ultra-fast shutter speed. So it snapped the picture extremely quickly. Faster than the speed of light? Well, <laughs> fast enough that the dim lights from the stars mm-hmm. weren't captured on. He said, go outside, set your camera to the fastest shutter speed you have, and take a picture of the sky, and you won't see stars either. Okay. So well, I kind of want to try this now. And, and just what see. was the other thing they talked about, that underneath where the the – it, what is it called? The rocket the, basically the moon landed. Lander. The, moon the moon lander where it landed. There should have been a crater. There should have been a crater from and the exhaust was and everything. And said, and it showed in another one that I saw. You were getting away off on some stuff right, that I didn't right. write down, but it's true. They showed the foot pads of the lander. Yeah. There was absolutely no dust on them. Mm-hmm. In other words, it should have blown up a whole bunch of dust as it was coming down. You know, the rockets are firing mm-hmm. and it's easing down and wobbling down and sitting down. The dust should have been all over everything and a crater there. I mean, imagine this is a heavy object, even with no with the little gravity that's on the moon. It they had to have rockets to keep it from just slamming to the right to the ground to the surface of the moon and there's no dust on anything and not even a dust crater blown back there and you couldn't do that you can't do that right now with a helicopter without things being disturbed right here on earth with a lot harder packed and i was really bothered watching the videos of them on the rover and you know they have the audio with it and they're discussing this is the first time they've ever ventured out here and there are already tire tracks where they're going. Hmm. Well, that's been pointed out. And what about, have you ever seen someone just speed up the film to like a normal speed? And it just looks like they're bouncing they're just along. Dri- you're just driving on a, you're just yeah. driving, It's no- and they're walking normal and everything. Mm-hmm. They're jumping. But you do that and speed up the speed, then they're just saying, you know, there's, there's some claims. Well, anyway, I think Tabitha, it's you on that part day. Okay, so the survivability, the survivability of not only the time spent in the harsh environment of space, but the complications of re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere and the primitive materials that have been developed to protect from unfiltered radiation in space suits, lunar landings, and the protection of the re-entry capsule against the friction of heat developed upon re-entry. <laughs> Excuse and me, and that's a big one. That's it, a big it one. It is, because, I mean, like they said, I can't remember now, I I forgot to write it down, oh. but they needed like so many layers of. I have to say, aluminum here, foil. <laughs> it looks well, like aluminum. I have, I've seen, <laughs> I have seen the Apollo reentry capsule with my own eyes, okay. and I've also seen the spacesuits that they wore, and I really find it hard to believe that if you wrap some tin foil around some fiberglass and add a l- inch thick layer of yellow foam insulation that it's going to protect you from much of anything. Well, and they equated it to, they said, think about when you go to the doctor and you have an x-ray, and they put this heavy lead (laughs) suit on you just for that little bit of radiation you're exposed to. And when you leave the Earth's protective atmosphere, the radiation is unbelievable. I want to say that it was like 6,000 times, you know, what we can imagine. So, I I mean, I don't know. And, And 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 I want you to think about it. They just had glass over their face. Yeah. And glass in the windows of the, mm-hmm. and that's radi- glass. Me to glass death does to think that glass, was the only glass thing protecting does not me. S- inhibit radiation, no, whatsoever. Okay, it's you, Tracen. It is eight. me. Some claim that the hoax could have been so elaborate that even the astronauts themselves could have been victims of a staged event. Admittedly, this would make the whole hoax much more difficult to pull off, if not impossible. If you've ever visited some of the attractions of some of the more sophisticated theme parks, 
and how real the experience seems to be, this would not be altogether impossible to accomplish, especially if the astronauts have been trained and programmed on what to expect to see, hear, and feel, and the experience complied to that training. And all I could think about in this is that horrific ride Dad put us on in Disney World with the alien that escaped. Yeah, and yeah. That, was that not real? Yeah. You could feel it, it breathing on the back of your neck. You could see him break out of the glass. The glass broke. It went dark, and you can hear him walking all around. the. I mean, you know, guys, we can accomplish some pretty, especially if you've already, you know, because they were programming you right then to think, yeah. the alien has escaped. Mm -hmm. He's, this monster has escaped and all of this. But and I'm know. not, and we're not saying these are our. These are just some of the things that people. Right. And I believe it's legitimate to question. Let me tell you, I came from an era. My folks, the generation before me, and I don't want to disparage his name, but Walter Cronkite. If he said it on the six o'clock news, it was just how it was, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the way it was. <laughs> uh, you know, and and uh, you know. I mean, how many people anymore really believe that we're hearing the facts almost about anything? Well, I guess the hardest thing for me to understand, and I try very hard to be objective, because I really am a lot more skeptical than you two. I don't embrace these theories quite as easily. Yeah. <laughs> but my biggest thing is, if it was done then, in 1969, why has it not been done again? Well, and why has another country not accomplished the same feat? Because because the Russian scientist says man it's cannot impossible. survive. Man cannot survive the harshness of that environment. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. If, if we had the technology to do it then, we have much better technology mm -hmm. to do it now and do now, it even I, more I safely. I fully believe we're putting people in the space station. I'm not saying right, people no, aren't right. going into but space. We are I not believe the fully space leaving station. the Earth's orbit. Yeah, uh, uh, is, is the real deal. What does that bring us to the end of that? That's that a long does. one. That's another long one. <laughs> All right. All right, and welcome back, Seekers, to God Beyond the Bible, the... Uh, podcast that's by seekers and for seekers and we're talking today of course about conspiracy theories it's our second episode uh, and, and our last i really feel like we need some extra like sound effects, effects that there. go on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know we'd love to hear from you guys and hear what you where are you at on this conspiracy yeah stuff, let us you know? know i mean we could have gone on 20 episodes I mean, I'm serious. Oh, yeah. This is something I, we've got I some would have <laughs> got had to do a lot of research, yeah. but Tracen and Dad can yeah, keep we us could going. Yeah, we could just go on. So uh, so we've talked about the Kennedy, the JFK assassination, mm -hmm. and we've talked about the moon landing, but we're going to talk about something a little closer to home. And some people, again, may look at this and say, so you think that's a conspiracy theory? That's just <laughs> fact. So what we're going to talk about is the theory that nothing we do is private anymore. And that even in our homes, the technology we have there has invaded that privacy to the point that we can't even speak without the possibility of our conversations being overheard, monitored, and uh, possibly even recorded. Yeah. So let's talk about what we do know. If we carry a cell phone and it is activated or powered on, that phone not only can be, but is tracked wherever it goes. And there are those who are paying for access to that data. For example, if you visit a business, a retail store, a restaurant, you're likely going to receive a request to rate your visit to such a business. And I have to admit that I am of the generation that I do this. 
I do the Google Maps reviews mm-hmm. because when I go to a new place, I'm always looking at the restaurant reviews or the store reviews to decide where I want to eat. Well, the problem is that may not be limited to just your phones. Afterwards, you may start seeing ads for that business or like businesses uh, pop up on your iPad or your computer. Yeah. Many believe it is for this reason that our phones have been developed to serve us in so much of our daily activities so that we'll be sure to carry them with us everywhere we go. Thus, we can be easily tracked and monitored. And Abby already monitors everywhere I go. Do I? I do. Well, we yeah. do. And we've got that 360, whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. it is, on our deal. And it's not that's not a problem no. for me. The problem is with me is this. Guys, we live in an age to where uh, we, you know, we just, to me, we just don't have the privacy. We don't have any privacy. No, no, we do not. Whatsoever. And to get a little bit spookier, if we want to enjoy most of the apps for our devices, we must agree to a disclaimer that allows the app provider to have full access to our device, including all of your stored information, your camera, your microphone, and some try, stuff try, that I don't even fully understand. Try, try to try to try to activate their app and refuse that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it I've won't happen. You they unless they have access to it, you don't get the app. Yeah. And it'll be for games that really. Why do they need yeah, why access do, why do you to my contacts to or anything yeah, else? All of this yeah. stuff. Well. Have you ever merely discussed something in the pri- now? This sounds creepy and crazy, mm-hmm. but have you ever merely discussed something in the privacy of your car or home and mysteriously ad uh, and mysteriously ads concerning that product or activity start appearing on your devices that are relative to that conversation? Has, have you guys ever had it to happen? I have to tell you yeah. this creepy story, and this is one Tabby I'm sure is thinking of too. Um, our husbands are good friends, and my husband had done some work for the police department and bought a specific brand of under-vehicle lights. And Tabby's husband was running for constable, and he asked him about this brand of lights. And we were standing in our tire shop office. None of us had our phone out, and my husband told him the brand name and told him where he bought them. And I'm really not being sneaky here. I don't even remember what the brand name <laughs> was. But that night I get a message from Tabby's husband with a picture of that specific brand of lights offered on Amazon and it was an advertisement on his Facebook page Mm -hmm. and none of us had our phones out when we had that discussion none of us searched it because we had the box of lights sitting in front of us Juan and I did that and and I uh, this one and I and now I can't remember what it was it seems like it was a type of coffee maker maybe I can't remember we were discussing something and we talked about I said you know I think we might ought to I might try one of those. And I said, that would be pretty neat to try. I want to try that and see if that's as good as they say it is. I said, you know, we, we, we need one there. It, that night, that evening, it popped up on my iPad. Mm-hmm. That very item popped up. So I went to her. I said, Tawana, did you Google that? Did you go and research that? That No, I have not. In fact, she didn't even remember the conference. Said, I'd already forgotten that we had talked about I said, the ad, that very ad popped up. Now, how is that? I didn't go to anybody else and ask them, have you ever had one of the... I didn't... Nothing typed in. But, you know, if we think about it, all of us have either Google, Siri, or Alexa, and all we have to do is say their name and they automatically respond. They have to to be there listening to... You should ask them if they're listening to you. They'll give you a whole big old chunk of stuff that you can't understand. Huh. Interesting. So, of course, we usually explain this mysterious occurrence 
like you had dad by convincing yourself that you must have inadvertently googled or searched the information concerning the topic but the truth is you know you did not that's right well what about information concerning the topics we research on our devices we don't have to be very smart to realize that those searches are being monitored ads and articles are automatically triggered and pop up on our devices well yeah I mean, we're automatically, anything you research, mm-hmm. so so who's doing that? It's it's people wanting to sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I, mean, oh, yeah. I mean, this information is, be, we're thinking they're serving us with this great, wonderful uh, thing that we can do, this free social, all this free stuff. Is it free? Nothing no. is free. I made a statement. I'm going to say this. I'm going to talk about this because it reminds me of something I said many years ago. I was pastoring the church when 9-11 happened. And all we wanted is, is we're going to have to tighten the security. We're going to have to. And I told the church then, I said, we need to really pray about this. Because do we want to sacrifice our privacy, our liberty, at the price of security, of supposed security? You just think Mm -hmm. of how easy it is to scare people into giving up your liberty. It's a very good question. Is it you, Tracy, on four? I think it's you, Dad. Okay. What about all the devices throughout our home that have cameras and microphones that can be remotely accessed? Uh, remotely accessed cell phones, iPads, gaming, reading, gaming and reading devices, computers, and even the televisions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to. You know, do you remember the deal that came up here? A few people were throwing a fit because there were cameras in that. Why does your television need a camera in it and a microphone? <laughs> but they do. Mm-hmm. Your television has a camera and a microphone. Why does it need to be there? I don't know. I can't come up with a legitimate response to that. I, there's nothing yeah. I do with my television that I need to utilize a camera or a microphone, yet it's in all of the televisions that are being sold. All of them? Yes. You whether, don't You don't have to buy them no, with the camera? No, 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 no. Whether no, 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 it's no. used or not, it is in there. Yeah. Well, don't they have to tell you no, if it's in there? They have told us. It's been on the news. Okay, well, I don't People watch the been, news. Well, but I'm saying this is five years ago. But I mean, People it, were having I wonder fits. if it's on the box that there's a camera. Because no, I've, I've never noticed it that. It may be in that book that you get that looks like the Bible. I thought maybe if you bought a smart TV, that's what you were talking about. But you guys are saying all televisions why would a smart TV? Why would a smart TV need a microphone and a camera? Well, I know some of the microphones are for, like, voice act, just like your, you can talk to it and tell it to change the channel, use your voice as your remote, but remote I, I don't know about a camera. Now. Yeah, we can't. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can remember a number of old-timers in the 60s and 70s who would not allow a radio or a television in their home uh, because they believed that the government would spy on them through those devices. Now, we all thought then they were coops and cranks. But they seem more like prophets and visionaries to me now. I saw there was a picture that was floating around online a few weeks ago (laughs) or maybe a month or two ago. But it said in the past we would worry about the government watching us or wiretapping our homes. And now we say, hey, wiretap, give me a recipe for dinner. Well, that's very true. Uh, I mean, even refrigerators. I know. Smart re- have you oh, not seen yes. The smart refrigerator. See, we don't even. My refrigerator is not a smart <laughs> no, fridge. But the smart refrigerators that's got screens and tell you everything that's what in there. Just ask doorbells a- now that have two-way cameras. That's one of the biggest hit sellers right now. Are those doorbells where they're video 
Mm-hmm. Video uh, doorbell. I think I was last, Patty. I think it's you. Okay, so one has to question if there is anything or any place that one may assume that all their activities are private. No. Will all this give rise to some new industries devoted to guaranteed privacy? Will something along the lines of isolation pods become a real-life product? I think we need them right now. I'm better honest with you. I would use one right now. Yeah. Will homes be built with technology-free isolation rooms and become the norm? Yeah. So you're talking about kind of like a bunker It'll almost. A room, that would, would be a room in your house, like a safe room that you would go to in a storm, but mm-hmm. a room in your house that that no radio waves or even your even your Wi-Fi cannot penetrate. We're talking hmm. about a room of silence, basically like the FBI and the CIA well, have like, rooms of yeah. silence I think, where nothing I think can penetrate. smart when you say that, but yeah. not cone of the silence. The cone of silence, yeah, from the old. But you guys think about that. I mean, that may be a reality in your lifetime. Mm-hmm, it might be yeah. a reality to where, I mean, think about it. We're nowhere that radio waves and all kinds of signals it's and waves, but, but we're being listened to. And I mean, it's just, com- I don't think this is really a conspiracy theory anymore. Do you? No, no, I don't. And it's another one of those things that has been introduced in such small increments that we've all kind of just taken it in and accepted. I mean, I'm first one to tell you, I have a smartphone, I have a tablet, I have, we have internet. We're not off the grid by I any means. TV, no. I have internet-based television. Yeah. And, and, and just to think about, I mean, I, it's not like I'm doing anything. I talk about more right here on this podcast than, you know, right. it's more interesting than anything in my life would be to look <laughs> at. And my life's not, but I'm thinking most of it is toward marketing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I was watching I think the, the commercial. biggest part of it is just to get to sell you. Oh, I yeah. I almost said crap. <laughs> I was watching a commercial last night. Well, this is I the first time. I'm sorry about that, folks. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened to me. It was a Walmart commercial. And Did they say I your th- name in the commercial? No, oh, no, that would be really scary. I said, Tat Tracen, you need this. Okay. <laughs> I can press the button really on weird. this commercial, and I had to do it to try it. I pressed a button on the commercial. Wait a minute, you're watching it on TV? Yes. And there's a button that pops up that says, add this to your cart. And I told Steve, I said, I want to push the button and see what happens. I mean, you go up and touch the screen to the TV? No, How do you, do you push it with your remote. You press OK on this button. And I look on my phone and on my Walmart app, there in my shopping cart is this item that was just on my TV. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't actually been brave enough to push the button, but I have seen that. I had to push the button. I had to know. And now that is mostly, I think, with internet streamed TV. It is, and it's because it's, that particular account is attached to a Walmart account, but it just. It's attached to you. Which is attached to me. And your telephone and all your devices. But yes, I can purchase stuff straight off. Oh, we're TV ready now. to conclude this long, I think long we better. episode. No matter where you stand on these issues and topics we have discussed briefly here today, the one thing for certain is we will likely never have any conclusive evidence fully supporting the reported true stories or the evidence of the conspiracy and cover-ups behind them. But the truth is, when man is involved, there is probability for secrecy, hidden agendas, and deceit. And there will always be a host of suspicious minds out there. <laughs> to cast question and doubt on even the most well-documented occurrences and events. All right, so until next time, God's grace, peace, and love be on you, our fellow seekers. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? 
connect with us today, visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.